Hello, this is an M Heart podcast, and today I'm joined by two colleagues, Ayana Horton. Hello, Ayana. Hello. And Nadine Sebro. Hi. Hi. And our focus today is relationships at work. I think we all know that dysfunctional environments in the workplace can cause the conditions for poor relationships at work. So today we're going to concentrate on good work relationships, poor working relationships and the link to our health and well-being. First of all, Ayana, can you explain what an occupational therapist actually does? Okay. Occupational therapists work with individuals, groups and organizations and we use different strategies to help improve their health and well-being. So on an individual level, we look at the things that people do every day and we tend to see people after illness or injury, either it be in mental health or physical health, and we help them learn how to do whatever it is that they were doing before again. It might be through remediation, so trying to fix the problem. It might be through compensatory strategies, so trying to uh, adapt to whatever the problem mm-hmm. is and kind of overcome it that way. So you very much get called in after a crisis has occurred or an incident's occurred rather than before that has actually happened in the workplace? Well, actually, sometimes we get called in beforehand. Okay. So we work in a health promotion um, orientation. So we look at uh, what kind of work organizations are doing how can we help them do it better a lot of occupational therapists will be looking at how people's workstations are set up right and making sure that it's set up in a way where they won't get repetitive injuries so we do become involved prior to any kind of problems to okay. prevent those problems and also after any types of problems to uh, remediate those problems. Great, thank you. So Nadine, can you explain what it's like to be a mental health nurse? Yeah, sure. As a mental health nurse, in a similar way to what Ayana mentioned about the occupational therapist, we help people who have actually experienced a mental health crisis. So one of the sort of um, bedrock of the mental health nurse's role is really based on a helping relationship the therapeutic relationship is our basis and we use that to support people on their road to recovery after experiencing a mental health crisis there is a health promotion element to our role as well Mm -hmm. for example people who may have or have repetitive mental health um, problems and issues we try to help them to maintain that optimal level of functioning and to avoid them going into a crisis situation again. So there is that relapse prevention aspect to the role as well. But generally it's to get people back onto where they were before they encountered that ill health that obviously impacted on their ability to function emotionally in other ways as well. Does this tend to be people who have got mental health diagnosis? Not necessarily, because sometimes we have people who may, for the first time in their life, encounter. We don't use the word nervous breakdown or things like that, but we actually say people who have had some form of emotional um, sort of dissonance Mm -hmm. and as a result have caused them to have some issues around their mental health and their mental well-being it's been affected because that mental health state that they once had where they were good mental health is now no longer there Mm -hmm. because they've 
gone on to the, the sort of continuum of mental health and mental illness and they've started to travel along that one heading in towards mental illness so our role is to try and help support them to get back onto the side of mental health and there's so many factors that can knock our mental health mm. good mental health and one of the things are relationships at work yes mm-hmm. So, Ayana, over to you, because I know you've done a PhD mm-hmm. and part of your studies can work, covered relationships at work. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to hand it over to you at this point, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, about relationships at work, it is a topic that I think sometimes we might take for granted because we all have relationships at work. Hopefully, most of our relationships are good relationships. But at times, I think a lot of us do experience relationships that are not so good. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe the first thing that we can clarify is what is a relationship? Okay. Yeah. Um, A relationship, um, it has to do with your interactions with people and how good or how poor your relationship is, how satisfying how satisfactory it is or unsatisfactory it is has to do with your interactions and how you feel when you are having that interaction and after that interaction. So a good uh, relationship is one where you feel happy after you safe and safe. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Safety is a really important factor Mm -hmm. with mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would also say a good relationship is one that um, serves both of your needs. Yeah. You know, Uh, one where you feel like you're getting something out of the relationship and the other person does as Mm -hmm. well. And it's not that it has to be a relationship where you're using someone. It's something, you know, you could get uh, happiness. You could get a good feeling out of, you know, interacting with that person. Yeah. Reciprocation. mm, Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I would say a good relationship is. Um, As far as a poor relationship, I would say it's just the opposite. It's one where when you're interacting with a person, you feel drained. Um, It's one where maybe you feel uh, unsure about being able to be your authentic self Mm -hmm. and express yourself. Um, I would say a poor relationship is one that you would... um, dread interacting yes. with people and you would try to avoid mm-hmm. you know those interactions and you find yourself sometimes going into people pleasing mode mm-hmm. you find yourself molding yourself to mm-hmm. become the person that you think the other person wants you to be mm-hmm. so which takes you away from that authentic self Absolutely. point and that's very dangerous. I think that's yeah. very dangerous for our mental health. There's mm. been a lot of Absolutely. studies that talk yeah. about the importance of us being able to be ourselves yes. mm-hmm. at yeah. work, be our authentic selves at work. And, of course, when you're at work, uh, there is a bit of a professional persona mm. that you put on. But within that, you need to be able to be yourself. And mm. if you find that uh, you're in a situation where you have to try to be different than yourself, you can't be the, the mm. person that you are, mm that's going to have a detrimental effect because it's going to drain your personal resources. Mm -hmm. And by being drained in in that way, you somehow reach a conclusion or the potential to reach the conclusion, I am wrong, I'm doing it wrong, I am defective. Mm -hmm. 
I must change not to suit. Enough. Yes, mm-hmm. they're not good enough. And that's massive in poor that's mental new. health, mm-hmm. as we know, mm-hmm. the three of us, that not good enough statement that we we carry around with us can be so detrimental to our mental health and I'm sure you've come across working with people like that oh absolutely and I think just you know building on what Ayanna just mentioned about the relationship I think there's an an expectation of having mutual satisfaction Mm. and if there isn't that sort of mutual satisfaction and if um, someone is making you feel bringing out more negative emotions than positive emotions within you. I think that's, to me, that's a real um, sign Mm -hmm. that there is something is not right in this relationship. It's a red flag. It's a red flag, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's when the alarm bells start ringing and that's when we need to sort of introspectively start taking an account of what's really going on and trying to assess that situation and that depends on people's abilities of course to be able to to do that from a cognitive point of view absolutely because we all enter relationships mm. any type of relationship whether mm. it be in the workplace or at home or in social settings mm. with our own relationship history our own attachment style yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm not going to go too much into <laughs> the theory, but we all bring in our relationship baggage yeah, into every single relationship mm. that we start to build mm-hmm. um, and the other person's not going to know what your baggage is mm-hmm. and they have their own relationship baggage too mm-hmm. so it's a real hotbed for all sorts of possibilities mm-hmm. um, for instance someone you're trying to build a relationship with in the workplace may remind you of something neg- someone negative yeah. from your family mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's going to bring up a whole lot of unconscious processes you know those things that aren't in our conscious awareness we don't understand why we're feeling so anxious around this particular person Mm -hmm. because we haven't made the link that oh it reminds me of Mm -hmm. auntie Flo Mm -hmm. who always used to judge me Mm -hmm. judge my clothes how I ate how I drank all those sorts of things um, so building yourself awareness, getting to know yourself and to be able to be authentic mm-hmm. definitely helps achieve that mental wellness yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like we're going off into different territory mm-hmm. here because this subject is massive. Is. Absolutely. And you can look at it from so many different angles. Mm-hmm. So and I get quite excited about talking about relationships and especially at work, because we spend so much of our time at work. And we should be happy. We need to be happy there. Mm. Not should. That was the wrong word. Mm. We need to be happy. And I'd love everyone to be happy and feel safe in the workplace. I think we should also consider uh, not just our individual relationships, but also our ability to form relationships within groups. Yes. Because so many workplaces these days have flattened out so you don't really have the hierarchical uh-huh. structure and when you have a flat kind of working uh structure teams are more and more important and the uh roles mm-hmm. of the people who are in those teams are much less defined and when you have situations like that the relationship that each individual person has within that team makes it a lot more important Mm -hmm. so I I think that in addition to thinking about um, how important one-to-one relationships are I think it's also very important to think about 
um, the re- the importance of relationships amongst groups. Yes, I think sometimes you have people who um, might be outcasts mm-hmm. for whatever reason within their workplace, mm-hmm. and uh, that person will have a situation where it's not one person that they're having a bad relationship with, but with a number of people. Yeah, you know, and then you have situations where. Um, they might feel ganged up on, mm-hmm. you know, so obviously that, you know, takes bullying yes. to the 10th yeah. degree Absolutely. and will have a very detrimental yeah. effect on one's health and well-being. Oh. And I think that uh, when you have situations like that, uh, the first of all, that person has got to feel uh, confident enough and empowered enough to speak about it mm-hmm. and to seek help. And I think the other thing is that you have to have uh, HR departments or employee health programs that are aware of uh, what problems might be occurring within teams Mm -hmm. and, you know, have uh, structures in place so that they can intervene. Yes, because um, the first family, the first group we ever come across is our family group, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and everyone slots into a certain position within a group, our family group, and the chances are we're going to reenact, reenact the our role within groups mm-hmm. based on our very mm-hmm. first yes. experience. Yeah. And for instance, if you were an only child, I've seen many clients who are only children. In groups, they get a lot of social anxiety, mm-hmm. generally, but not all of them. And they find it very difficult to know how to integrate within a group because it just hasn't been their experience. Mm-hmm. And they get very fearful mm. of that. And Sometimes they can go into a people-pleasing mode mm. because they become targets of bullies. Mm-hmm. And that's a massive subject in itself, mm-hmm. bullying. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely crucial that managers become aware of group dynamics mm-hmm. and what's at play within the staff that they are managing. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important because it can severely absolutely severely affect someone's mental health if they are deemed outcasts and not one of the tribe because we all need a tribe Mm -hmm. you need to belong Mm -hmm. it's that feeling of being like feel like you belong and i think the other thing is you know um around the group as described by ayana if this is flattened out and you haven't got that presence of someone senior to actually be there to observe Mm -hmm. is it that that role of being an observer or someone identifying what the real issues are can fall upon someone else within the group. And I think is, is there a sense of honesty within and people yeah. recognizing, you know, it's like the bully in the, in the schoolyard, mm-hmm. there's one person who might actually notice what's going on yeah. and mm-hmm. step in. So are there advocates? Mm-hmm. Are there people who can actually recognize that and speak up? And support that person because sometimes you might just need to be from a peer point of view um, in addition to having someone senior who can take things to the next level and that's the compl- complexity yes. of the way we work now in terms mm-hmm. of the organizations that we're within and um, depending on, on where people are well we all have a responsibility to spot 
about yeah. mental health, poor mental so, health mm. indicators mm. Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. ourselves and others. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah. So if you see true. someone struggling, try and do something about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's just having small talk with that person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't have to say oh i can see you're feeling sad today yeah. no well you don't know they're feeling sad until they yeah. tell you yeah. they're feeling sad mm-hmm. you know just that connection can make a huge difference yeah. in somebody's life so it's not just down to managers mm-hmm. it's everybody's responsibility good yeah. mental health yeah. and i think that that's a really good point because i think that sometimes some people might think uh well it's not my problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or i don't want to get into this. I don't want to have a problem. So let me, I'm not even going to worry about yeah, that. Yeah. But it is really uh, an ideal situation when you have uh, an organization that empowers each individual mm. and encourages each individual mm. to be a person who uh, notices and responds to problematic situations like that and it's not even a situation where they have to say well let me you know broadcast this it could be a situation where you take someone aside and say hey you know I I noticed that you might it looks like you might be having a hard time but I want to let you know I think you're doing a great job yes you know that kind of thing it means a lot it's all things like that yeah and it's, it's those kind of things that it's uh those are the other small things that I think make a huge difference. Mm. And if organizations um, notice that and understand that and then educate their mm. staff mm. to be mm-hmm. those types of people, I think it'll have an enormous impact on people's health and well-being in the organization as a whole. So you just described the whole effect, um, the impact validation can have mm. on an individual. Mm-hmm. And it's that sense of feeling validated i'm not alone yeah mm-hmm. that's right that's right mm-hmm. yeah it, it sort of chips away at that isolation mm, that we feel when we're struggling with mm-hmm. our mental health mm-hmm. and that that strong urge to withdraw and to yeah. turtle I, yeah. I call it turtling in my mm-hmm. therapy mm-hmm. room <laughs> you know Go to withdraw into, yeah. into your yeah. shower yeah. and yeah. not come out because you don't feel you can cope with anything mm-hmm. Um, and that workplace culture, the organisational culture, is such a key factor in all of this. Mm-hmm. Having good relationships Absolutely. at work. Absolutely. And that has to come down from the decision makers, the mm-hmm. policy makers. Yeah, they said the case. Not just be a paper, a piece mm. of paper with writing on mm-hmm. that's or an electronic file that's just stuffed somewhere mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. never comes out. Mm-hmm. It's got to be put into practice every single day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how can we? What can we do to get organisations on board with promoting good relationships at work? Do you think? I think a lot of it comes down to not only educating the yeah. decision makers but speaking their language yeah so letting to them know why this is important mm-hmm. and how that would affect what's important to them so can you give an be, example of their language well it's talking about the bottom line yeah know? so if you have a situ if if you're able to make the point that you know relationships at work have a impact on your employee's health and well-being and there's a knock-on effect because it's going to have an impact on their 
turnover rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to have an impact on their um, organizational citizenship behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's going to have an, uh, an impact on um, their willingness to um, do you know, take part in the mm-hmm. work that it is that they're supposed to do. You know, they, if, if they're feeling uh, depressed or mm-hmm. upset or feeling like an outcast, they could come to work and not really be as productive as mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. would want to be. And so those, that type of information is the information that they need. Yes. That's the language that they need to understand that this is something that we need to do because it has an impact not only on our employees, but on our bottom line. Absolutely. Um, I keep saying that word, absolutely. I've just made it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great word to use when you're agreeing with someone. So I'm not going to apologise for it. Um, you know, because it's looking at the bigger picture. I think that's what we're talking about here. Because poor mental and physical health it's, it's, it contains so much, you know, good relationship, feeling safe, mm. feeling recognised, feeling that someone's got your back, that mm. you're part of a team, that mm. you're not an outcast, mm. that you have that sense of belonging in that place that you spend 40 hours a weekend or however many hours mm. that you spend there. Um, and looking at, oh, the team's come down with another bug. Oh, job retention productivity Mm -hmm. presenteeism Mm -hmm. these are all red flags that something is not working in Mm -hmm. that environment Mm -hmm. it's becoming dysfunctional and it's only going to get worse unless you address it absolutely because burying your head in the sand is just not the right approach Mm -hmm. it's going to get worse and chances are the organization will only go on so long before it absolutely disappears Mm -hmm. because without the people nothing's going to happen you have not got an organization Mm -hmm. and we need to recognize that relationships at work good relationships Mm -hmm. at work are absolutely the top of the list Mm -hmm. here and we need to foster them Mm -hmm. in so many different ways Mm -hmm. because I'm all for zooming out and looking at the bigger picture because I come from a very holistic background I forgot to introduce myself. I just realised that. <laughs> I'm Sarah Taylor. I'm counsellor, psychotherapist, supervisor, counselling team manager with MHOP. So I work with MHOP and I also got a private practice where I see private clients for counselling and psychotherapy. Um, usually work long term with people. So for me, it's all about the bigger picture. And my training is integrative, humanistic. So I'm very much on board with um the potential of people seeing the potential in people and nurturing that Mm. and also working in very creative holistic ways I want to attend to the whole of that person not just a part of that person Mm -hmm. so I work with the body the mind and getting those two things to integrate together and raising self-awareness um and I think that approach can be taken anywhere Mm-hmm. especially in the workplace and organizations mm-hmm. so that would be my dream that's my aspiration to get organized to think more holistically mm-hmm. and to see the bigger picture not just think oh she's always poorly or they're always poorly mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. oh they turn up no matter what even though they're sniffling and coughing you know that tells a story mm-hmm. in itself these yeah. are all red flags mm-hmm. they're not good things mm-hmm. <laughs> and they need to be addressed 
So unhealthy relationships at work, what would you suggest they are, Nadine? In terms of uh, what do they look like? Yes, what do they feel like? Mm. I think those unhealthy relationships will be the ones where we've touched on it already about not being able to be yourself but it's the relationships where you do not feel I think it's somehow sometimes impact on your confidence Mm -hmm. and your ability to really present yourself in the way you know for example you may have a point of view about something but because it's your opinion and it's based on a particular value set that you have. Sometimes people feel, I can't talk about that or yeah. I can't say that because it's not in line with the norm. Mm. And it's about that being valued and understood for who you are. Mm. And it can, it can look and manifest itself in, in simple things like that. And for that reason, you may find that some people may be within a sort of organization or within that group. And they may be looked upon as the one that's quiet but it's not because they haven't got something to share it's because they feel what they want to share will not be received Mm -hmm. so again you are restricting yourself and the authentic you is not coming out because you've decided to not contribute Mm -hmm. so again it's another way where you are not being you and body language that Mm. speaks oh volumes in itself doesn't it you know the way someone's posture yeah the way they're holding in an unhealthy relationship they're likely to be holding themselves mm. sort of pulling themselves in mm. their shoulders mm. and, and protecting usually their vital organs are <laughs> almost going into mm. uh, like a fetal state yeah. and mm. shrinking almost because for me, that's a strong indicator that that's an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. between these people at work. And the volume of the voice, you know, is it very timid? Yeah. Is it very yeah. small? Yeah. And what that makes me think of is how disadvantaged people are who are, you know, in workplace situations where they don't have good relationships, you know. Because you find uh, some people... What you said, Nadine, made me think about, um, you know, uh, taking part and, you know, speaking up Mm. in staff meetings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that you find some people who do have really good relationships, they feel very comfortable to just say whatever it is that they think. And, you know, it might be wrong, it might be right, but they'll still get the um, support. Yes, from their colleagues, yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas when you have someone who doesn't have that mm-hmm. support, you you know, the company will suffer because they won't get oh. all that everybody no. has yes. to um, yeah. contribute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Definitely. So barriers and facilitators. Mm. Can you take the lead on that, Ayana? Sure. <laughs> um, so I think... Some of the things that can facilitate your ability to have good relationships. I think you touched on it to some degree. Okay. Uh, it has to do with the ability that you've learned yes. to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time we get to work, many of us have had, you know, so many relationships. Yes, that's very true. Uh, different types of relationships. And we ha- maybe have a uh, style or particular uh, tendency in terms of how we interact with mm-hmm. people. 
Um, so having the skills mm. to build professional relationships is one of the things that's going to facilitate that. I think one of the, the uh, good things is that, I mean, the fact of the matter is that some people are really good at building relationships mm. and other people are not as good. But the mm. good thing is, is that everyone can learn to improve their skills. Mm. Yes, know, they can. Through training, mm. through um, reflection, yeah. and so forth. So um, having the skills or developing the skills, mm. I think, is a really important facilitator for building positive relationships. That also makes me think of another facilitator, uh, which is... Um, taking the time to actually do it, appreciating that it is important yeah. and um, putting forth some effort. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us, we go to work and we just want to get our work done and uh, maybe we don't spend the time to uh, go visit with a colleague. Mm-hmm. I always come and visit you. Though, you do. <laughs> Yeah. And what difference does that make to you, Jay? Let's talk about this it's live wonderful. <laughs> Why is it wonderful? Tell us more. Uh, well, because, you know, I'm learning about Nadine and we're yes. able to collaborate. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, Nadine seems to be very, very uh, intelligent and thoughtful. <laughs> and she's always, you know, very intellectually curious. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's making me want to do more (laughs) but I think I think you know what Ayana does I think as well is the intentionality behind that and sometimes and we sort of going into I was actually listening to something someone's doing a research um around the value of a hug and sometimes when Ayana comes to my desk I say hi and I give her a big hug and actually that really makes a difference and we know I don't know if you know about that tree where people were sat sat under a tree they were doing some research in London sometimes okay and you know giving people hugs and free hugs and all of that and I think that's emerging now the importance of that tactile that touch and that simple thing actually can make a difference Mm. it really can make a difference and I think that in itself is another facilitator Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. mental because you become so growing closely with that person and developing that positive relationship that a little just as you do with your family members mm-hmm. when you meet them and mm-hmm. you greet them. And that makes, that really does make a difference. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. you have to gauge whether you have permission of to hug yes, yes. Of course. Yes, of course. Uh, and some workplaces, mm-hmm. because hugs and touching has had such bad press, yes, that's mm-hmm. right. we have mm-hmm. to be careful. Very but careful. let's just not stop doing it yeah. because right, it's right, absolutely right. necessary. Absolutely. And if it feels good, then do it. If mm-hmm. there's two people who Agreed. want it, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. why not? Because mm-hmm. I'm all for a hug and the oxytocin, <laughs> that feel-good factor. That's what it is. You know, it's absolutely brilliant and it's necessary. Mm-hmm. We need to feel that level of yeah, connection with connection. each other. That's what it does. Yeah. yeah. I hug some of my clients. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a therapist that feels like, oh no, I can't do that, mm-hmm. I can't touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I do. I say, mm-hmm. I hold my arms out and they come towards me mm-hmm. and some of them say that's the best part of the session wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. and the way they hold me sometimes yeah. you know I can tell that that is meeting a need that mm. they absolutely need right now in that moment because you're being your authentic self mm-hmm. in those yeah. moments mm-hmm. um, as part of my research uh, we uh, looked into emotion regulation strategies yes. 
and um I was working with therapists and their patients mm. and seeing what strategies they use. And a lot of them were saying that they do use hugs. Mm. And that was something that uh, we talked about quite a bit because it's, it is kind of a taboo area, mm. you know. But uh, what what came out of the research was that um, therapists want to show their patients that they're human. Right. Mm. And the patients want to know that the therapists yep. are human. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there are times when that hug is appropriate and necessary. Yeah. You know? So if a therapist feels comfortable and is able to do yeah. that and they feel like it's the right situation, mm-hmm. they absolutely should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is about, you know, building those workplace relationships, not only with your colleagues, mm-hmm. but also with uh, your patients or customers mm. or what have you. Yeah. Mm. And role modeling positive relationships yes. from the top down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really, really important. Giving them an example of what a healthy relationship is because we can't assume that everyone in the workplace has experience mm-hmm. of healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They may come from a background of abusive relationships yeah. or limited relationships. Yeah. Uh, it's such a minefield Having said that, people can change their behaviours, mm-hmm. like you said, Ayana, and there is so much potential here because our brain is still developing yeah. and all that plasticity up there. You know, I find it so exciting. We can change ways through changing our habits mm-hmm. 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 and discarding the ones that are not working for us right yeah. now. We can mm-hmm. make those redundant. So there's there's so much that can be done. And I think one of the things as well is speaking good of others yes so it's that Mm. sense of when that person is there you validate them and when they're not there you also speak Mm -hmm. good of that person Mm -hmm. and as you talked about the role modeling aspect of it is having that person and everyone just recognizing if you're some member of the team is valued Mm -hmm. then if there is something that people feel differently about Mm -hmm. then they're ways in which we can address issues but generally is to send that message that because we care for each other yeah we will speak well of each other mm-hmm. and i think is that's another real sign of a healthy whether it be group or whether it be individual yeah that we speak well of each other in their presence or away from when they're not present so staying open and mm-hmm. curious yeah. rather than judgmental exactly. as soon as you go down the judgmental yeah. route you're going down negativity. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And what that makes me think of uh, in terms of facilitators for good relationships is the importance of being positive, mm-hmm. having a optimistic outlook. Because mm-hmm. um, as you were pointing out, you know, speaking positively of people, yeah. uh, it requires you to think positively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the way that you think comes out in your actions it comes so, out yeah. in your disposition and then people respond that to that correct. so yeah. when trying to build really good relationships at work you want to make sure that you're being positive thinking positive mm. and mm. behaving in a positive way yeah yeah verbally and non-verbally yes. you mm-hmm. know just how you're sitting next to that other person whilst you're talking mm-hmm. what non-verbal messages are you giving out 
And sometimes it's as if you can read the other person's yes. mind, yes. Mm-hmm. you know, using your inside voice and your outside mm-hmm. voice, mm-hmm. you know, through the eyes. Mm-hmm. So that you are communicating in so many different ways. Don't mm-hmm. just think it's through voice. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's attending to all that in a positive way, and staying hopeful and seeing the potential of each other. Because nobody is all bad. No, that's, that's the stance right. I come from. That's there right. is good in everybody, mm-hmm. but that needs a little teasing out sometimes. Yeah. And Absolutely. positive relationships does that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that perspective, Sarah, because it really highlights the um, strengths-based model. I don't know if you've heard about it. And it's that model where you just focus. And that's what we do in mental health yeah. nursing. We talk about the recovery model, which is a model that's been pioneered mm-hmm. throughout the years. And a lot of our care is based on that model. And within that model, we don't look at the deficit in the person. Yes. We look at the strength. Uh-huh. So in as much as you came and you have been um, a victim of some situation yes. or some issue in life, we're saying, what have you been doing well? What have you done well? Let's just run that road. Let's mm-hmm. just go that way. So you bring back that yeah. positivity. And I think that's a really strong approach to helping people build and maintain their mental health because the strength is what we need to focus on, not what they haven't mm-hmm. done. Even if it's just 5%, it's yes. about increasing that to 6 and then that's 7 right. Uh, because if we keep looking at the negative mm-hmm. area of our lives, it will only grow. So it's changing focus, Absolutely. changing perspective. That's right. And it's very powerful. Very powerful. Incredibly yeah. powerful. Yeah. And it's something I do all the time in the therapy room with clients mm. that I see because they come in only seeing a negative side of themselves because mm. mental health is so fragile and it cannot be taken for granted. We can lose good mental health in a heartbeat. It only takes one thing to sweep into our world to change one thought (laughs) one thought one piece of news one yeah one word from somebody Mm -hmm. you know if we have accumulated quite a lot of challenges in our life it just takes the simplest things to send us over the edge Mm -hmm. um i liken it to a shunt a car shunt where, you know, we've got all these things backed up and we think, yes, I'm dealing with that. Oh, yes, no problem, no problem. But we all have a limit. Mm -hmm. And everyone has the potential for poor mental health and to go into crisis. Mm -hmm. Yes. So fostering good relationships at work will help Mm -hmm. build Mm -hmm. resilience and also stop that backlog from Mm -hmm. getting bigger and bigger. Because then that's not in the pile. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And we deserve to be happy at work. We deserve to enjoy our work and mm-hmm. the people that we're sitting next to for eight hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't work in a big office environment anymore. I used to when I first entered the workplace and we all had to sit in rows, 40 of us. <laughs> with the big boss in his... I know, it's very archaic. I'm in my 50s now, so I'm talking a long time ago. And we all sat in rows facing the front with the clock on the wall. 
and Big Boss and, and the, Mr. Branson, his name was, in his own little cubby hole at the back <laughs> with the window and he used to stand there with his ex-military, so he used to stand there with his hand on his hips looking... And I used to tremble at 16. I used to, oh, let, you know, my stress response was pumping. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, oh, am I doing this right? Am I sitting right? Am I working hard enough? Am I this? Am I that? And at 16, you know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think I'm nearly getting there at 53. Uh, you know, it takes a long time to build that strong sense yes. of identity, mm-hmm. you know, in the workplace. If anything's going to trigger your stress response, it's going to be the workplace. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because you're amongst people you sometimes know very little around yeah. about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so we seem to have travelled far and wide. Is there <laughs> anything else you would like to share with us, Nadine? Oh, I'm thinking workplace. Mm. Yeah. Um, and relationships I think the important thing is to one of my sort of mantras for living yes it's really about sowing what you want to reap yeah so and as much as there's an expectation that an environment will be um a particular nature to help us thrive and to help us grow and experience good mental health I think we really need to be the ones that is sowing into that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. demonstrating that, role modeling that. Let it start from me. Mm-hmm. We can be that one person. And I think then we would see the ripple effect of that and then we would reap that. Yeah. yeah that's one of the things I think is a take home message, really, in terms of how do we maintain those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be the change agent. Yeah. Yeah. Yana? And what I can um, add to that is um, what I can appreciate about Mm. what you just said uh, is that if you have that attitude, Mm. let me be the change agent. Mm. You know, I have this situation and I want it to be better. Yeah. It's empowering. Mm. Yeah. And if we can all adapt uh, such a orientation and appreciate that we do have the ability to improve our skills and therefore improve our relationships then we can help ourselves yeah and if you need additional support it is out there in so many different forms Mm. you know we have mental health nurses we have gps we have occupational therapists we have counselors we have friends we have family we you've got your support network Mm. that all helps Mm. to be the agent of change which is what we talked about um and i would like to say to managers in particular, you know, those group lead, leaders of groups in whatever form, look at the bigger picture. Look at your stats as regards to sickness, you know, bugs, the type of bugs that are going mm. around. Um, look at presenteeism. Look at your retention. This all is telling you something. Look at people's nonverbal cues as well as their verbal cues. Think about tone and pitch of voices interactions everything if you look at everything then chances are you're going to foster good relationships in the workplace Mm -hmm. which is going to improve the quality of their work Mm -hmm. and productivity it's you know there's so much that can be done that's so simple and straightforward Mm -hmm. everybody has a responsibility here 
I agree. Not just just one person. And we also have to acknowledge that if someone's holding the purse strings, you know, extra things can be put in place. Mm -hmm. And that would be fantastic if that does happen Mm -hmm. in your workplace. So thank you very much, both of you. And we hope you listeners um, have got some interesting ideas that you can take away from this and apply in your workplaces. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah.